I too want to begin by saying happy Mother's Day to all you mothers out there, grandmothers, um, those of you who are, are mothers to puppies and kitties and all that, you count. So I want to thank you. And I just want to let you know that we appreciate you. And um, I want to begin this morning with uh, just sharing with you about uh, Calvin and Hobbes. I don't know, how many of you have ever read any of the Calvin and Hobbes? Okay, so there's a couple. I, I I always loved to listen to Calvin. He was almost more like an adult than some of the things that he said, but um, I, I, I like it, and I wanted to begin uh, my Mother's Day message with this. Um, I've entitled my message, Mom, Ministry of Motherhood, and it's taken from the book of Titus, and if you want to turn to Titus chapter 2 and hold that, uh, it, it will be up here on the screen too, but most of us are familiar with Calvin and Hobbes, the comic strip. Well, one Mother's Day, Calvin is pictured standing by his mother's bed. Now, I have to say this. That happened to Sarah and I once, and it scared the living daylights out of us. Our daughter, who was supposed to be in her room in her bed, uh, we woke up in the middle of the night, and she's standing there sucking her thumb right by our bed. She never said a word, <laughs> never knew we, that she was in there, and we're sound asleep, and we wake up, and it's like, whoa! You know, like, now what would have really flipped us out is if she'd have had, a, like, a butcher knife or something standing there looking at us. Now, that would have scared me. But that's what, that's what Calvin's doing here. He's standing by his mother's bed, and he goes, hey, mom, wake up. I made you a Mother's Day card. Well, how sweet of you, she said. I did it all by myself. Go ahead and read it, she began. And so she began to read it. And this is what it said. I was going to buy a card with hearts of pink and red, but then I thought I'd rather spend the money on me instead. It's awfully hard to buy things when one's allowance is so small. So I guess you're pretty lucky I got you anything at all. Happy Mother's Day. There, he said, I've said it. Now I'm done. So how about getting out of bed and fixing breakfast for your son? <laughs> Signed, Calvin. What, what a... <laughs> so his mother responds, says, I'm deeply moved by that, Calvin. Um, but then he said, did you notice the part about the allowance? <laughs> oh, Calvin. But anyway, let's begin. Uh, let's look at what Titus has to say to us here. Titus says in in chapter 2, beginning with verse 1, and he goes through um, verse 5 there. I want to read that. It says, You must teach what is in accord with sound doctrine. You know, and before I begin any further, understand that that is a really important statement there because churches don't always teach what's in accordance with sound doctrine. What is sound doctrine? Well, it's what's said in the Scripture here. And nothing but this. And so we need to do that. And I feel like our church here tries to do that. We try to teach um, accordance to sound doctrine. Teach the older men to be temperate, worthy of respect, self-controlled, and sound in faith, in love, and endurance. Likewise, teach the older women to be reverent 
in the way they live, not to be slanderers or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. Then they, then they can train the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind, to be subject to their husbands, so that no one will malign the word of God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and we praise you for our mothers here today. We lift them up before you. We thank you that, that you have blessed us so much. And so, Father, I ask that you would just continue to watch over us as we share today and as we um, strive to, to, to just be your servants, whether mother, father, daughter, son, whoever we are, we pray that we would just strive to be who you want us to be. I thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. When looking at the biblical roles of a man, a woman, husband, wife, father, mother, you know, there, there is a, I think there is a present danger to allow the thoughts and the feelings of the present culture to be our guide. And I think we need to be, I think we need to be very careful that we don't allow the present culture to be the guiding truth for us. I think that we need to allow the Word of God to be the guiding truth. You know, the standard set forth by the culture around us has far too long quenched and quieted God's Word in the home. And we need to be really careful that we don't allow that to happen to us. We just, we, I can't stress that enough. We need to be really careful that we do not. And that we, you know, as grandparents, that we encourage our children to, to teach their children the same thing that we would want to be taught. And as Christian men and women, husbands and wives, fathers and mothers, we must constantly align our lives in the light and the truth of God's Word. This is important. God's Word is paramount. It is important. So how we live our lives within these distinctive roles must never come down to what you and I think or what others think, but it's what God's Word thinks. Amen? It's what His Word thinks. And that's why I know when Jerry's up here, I know that Ryan or myself, whenever we're preaching, we're encouraging you not to take our word for it, but to look it up in the Scripture for yourself because that's what matters. It's what God's Word says. And I, I, I think Norman Bales, in, in his ministry, it's called All About Families Ministry, is right in his thinking when he states this. He, sta- he states this. He says, the mom ministry is one of the toughest assignments that God ever gave anybody. She's got to be insightful as a psychologist. She needs to be as tough as a, a Marine Corps drill sergeant, uh, gentle as a nurse. She's got to be a labor and a manager n- negotiator. She needs to be a teacher, an electrician, a plumber, a carpenter. All those things. It requires an endless amount of support. Supply of energy, doesn't it, ladies? A lot of energy, a, a massive amount of patience, an iron will, and, and recognition in the fact that when she gets sick, she's got to get well before the end of the school day. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? And all the mothers said, Amen. <laughs> That's right. You know, I believe ministry moms 
are godly women, and they strive to set a godly example. I want you to hear this poem, and I I might have shared this poem before, but I think this is really a, a great poem. It's called The One Who Follows Me. A careful mother I ought to be. A little one is following me. I do not dare to go astray. For fear she'll go the self-same way. I cannot once escape her eyes. Whatever she sees me do, she tries. Like me, she says she's going to be that little one who follows me. She thinks that I am good and fine, believes in every word of mine. The base in me, she must not see that little one who follows me. I must remember as I go, Through summer sun and winter snow, I'm building for the years to be that little one who follows me. What a great poem. Proverbs 31, verses 30 and 31 says this. It says, Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. You know, in in, in my estimation, I believe that God has given or entrusted the greatest task of all, and that is in raising our children. You know, I'm not taking away from the father's responsibility, but this isn't Father's Day, okay? This is Mother's Day. And I think that we need to make sure that, you know, that is the greatest of all tasks in raising our children. And for those of you who are educators When you see the children that are so disrespectful, you understand what I'm saying when when I say that. Because my daughter is an educator and she was, she was out educating. She was working with a, a group of students and they were high school students and she said, it was awful. She goes, they were so disrespectful. And she said to me, then she goes, dad, I don't know how in the world you did that for 35 years. One day and I was ready to quit. And I think that's so important that we remember that. So important, you know, that that it's a great task. And God has entrusted us to the task of raising our children to be decent and respectful and loving human beings. So in Titus chapter 2, Verses 1 through 5, we discover three important ministries of godly women. And the first one is this. It's the ministry of teaching. The ministry of teaching. Notice what it says there. Let's go back to Titus chapter 2 there. Look at what verse 3 says. I think it's right there. Um, It says, likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live in the way they live, teach the older women. So, so it is, you know, teachers of good things. And, and it goes on to say that down here. It says, and if I could find it here, um, train up. Okay. It says, but that to teach what is good there in, in verse three there to not be slanders or addicted to much wine, but to, to teach what is good. So as we begin looking at that, you know, the ministry of a mother is, you know, the ministry of teaching. It's, it's teaching what is good, the good things. You know, Titus speaks in verse three of the value of older women being a living example of the Christian life so that they might teach and instruct the younger women in the ways of God and how to be a godly woman. 
You know, right living and right teaching always go hand in hand, don't they? So what do they teach? What do they teach? Well, of course, some of the basics of life are always going to be important. You know, how to iron a shirt, you know, how to do a, do a load of laundry, you know, how to do all those things. But the first thing that I would say that they need to do is they need to teach the Scripture. Notice what it says. If you turn over a couple pages you know, to, to 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 15 and 17 says this. It says, And how from infancy you have known the Holy Scripture, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in, in Christ Jesus, all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching and rebuking and correcting and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. From infancy, from childhood, Timothy was taught the Holy Word of God by his mother and his grandmother. By his Lois and Eunice. They, they taught him from, from early childhood. So, what you want your child to be when they grow up is important in what you teach them. So what, what is it that we've always said? What do we want our, what our children to be, you know, moms and dads? Do we want them to be lot, doctors or lawyers or Indian chiefs? Is that what we want? You know, or, or children and grandchildren who know how to handle and, and make life work because they know and they are obedient to God's word. What is more important? You know, I had a young man in Newberry, that I had been working on for years, for, I mean, like four or five years as he was growing up, and he, he had expressed that he wanted to be a, a preacher. He wanted to go to a Christian school and be a preacher. His mom and dad talked him out of it because it doesn't pay that well. That was the reason. It doesn't pay that well. And it just, it tore my heart to pieces because this young man could have, could have done well. You know, so we need to be careful, you know, as we raise our children and our grandchildren that, that we help them to, to know how to handle and make life work because they know and they are obedient to the word of God. Solomon speaks of this. He, he, he speaks of highly of mother's teaching when he says this in, in Proverbs chapter six. Let me go over here. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 20 through 22 says this. My son, keep your father's commands and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Bind them upon your heart forever. Fasten them around your neck. When you walk, they will guide you. When you sleep, they will watch over you. When, when you awake, they will speak to you. These are the commands. These are, this is the word of God that they're talking about here. So teach your children of the scripture that is able to make them wise to the salvation of the Lord. That's what the passage says there, to make them wise to the salvation of the Lord. So what's the second thing? Not only to teach them scripture, but to teach them about salvation. That is a good thing. Second Timothy 1.5. Notice what it says there. Let me turn over just right back over here again to Second Timothy. Second Timothy 1.5 says this. It says, I have seen, I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and then your mother Eunice. 
and I am persuaded now also lives in you. Also lives in you. That's what he says there, you know, and I love that. Lives that are often held together by a thread that has been sewn by their mother. You know, mothers do not assume someone else is going to to tell your children about Jesus Christ and how much he loves them. Don't ever assume that that's going to happen. It's not going to happen in school, that's for sure. And sometimes it doesn't even happen in Sunday school. In some churches, we need to be really careful of that. Be a Lois or a Eunice to the little Timothys or the little Tammies. I had to have another T in there somewhere. Running around your home. So we teach them the scripture. We teach them about salvation, but we also need to teach them how to pray. That is a good thing as well, isn't it? To teach them to pray. First Samuel 1, 27 says, For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition, which I asked him. And so Hannah prayed this prayer for Samuel, and then she gave Samuel back to the Lord as a ministry to the Lord. You know, it has been said through the ages, no nation has had a better friend than the mother who taught her child to pray. That is so true. You know, I I said this last Mother's Day, and I don't know how many of you will remember me saying this, but I think it's worth repeating. Napoleon once said, let France have good mothers and she will have good sons. Today, more than ever, we need mothers of godly character, mothers who will nurture their children in, in the discipline of prayer. Napoleon goes on to say that the future destiny of the child is always the work of the mother. But I'm going to take that one step further. The future destiny of a godly child is the work of godly parents, period. Teach them good things such as the Word of God, such as how to, how to be saved, such as prayer. Those are all good things. Teach the good and godly things. The second thing that, that Timothy or that Titus brings out here is the ministry of admonishment. Notice what he says there in verses three and four of, of Titus chapter two. He says, likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live not to be slanders or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. Notice what it says in verse 4. Then they will can train the young younger women to love their husbands and children. Teach them. Admonish them. A- a- admonishment takes the form of, of, of gentle correction for restoring of the senses. The admonishment is to love. And that's what... That's what Paul is telling Titus here, to love. He's talking about that, to love. You know, and so if there's any, if there's any one thing that we need more today in our homes, it's love. And it's not just love, it's, it's, it's agape love, it's godly love. Not just from wives, but from men and children alike. We need to love one another. You know, the call in this passage is for wives to continue to love their husbands and their children. 
And this is not a passive love that bears no weight or action. This admonishment is to love with action flowing from the heart. Action flowing from the heart. So, wives, mothers, how do you love your husbands? Well, I, I, I smack him upside the head every once in a while and I tell him I love him. Well, no, well, I heard one guy say this, you know, and, and this is true. I told her once, and if it changes, I'll tell her, you know, that, that I don't. But for now, I told her once and that's all I need to do. No, 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 no. So, wives, how do you love your husbands? How do you love your husbands, huh? Well, the first thing that I want to point out here is this, and I've got seven of them here. Honor your husband. You know, Romans chapter 12, verse 10, talks about honor. Um, devote yourself to your husband. Romans twelve ten again. Um, encourage your husband. Be an encourager to your husband. That's one thing that, especially being in the ministry that, that, that Sarah has done to me is to be an encouragement to me. Sympathize with him in trouble. Sympathize. Don't grumble or complain about your husband. How many of you are guilty of that? Don't raise your hands. <laughs> I don't want to be disappointed. <laughs> don't grumble and complain about your husband. Number six is this. Correct and rebuke when necessary and then forgive. And then the last one, the way you can you show love to your husband is spending time together. I can't think of a better way to, to love my wife and then to spend time with her. And that's, that's, what, that's how you love your husband. So if you need a list of those ladies, um, you can see me later on. I'll give you a list of them. Second is to love your children. Notice it says there, you know, they, are to tr- they can train in y- the younger women to love their husbands and love their children. So we might suppose that this point does not even need to be mentioned, you know. But once again, we have allowed the present culture to decide what is love, and usually it's convenience. That's what love is, is convenience. Psalm 127.3 says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. That's what it says. And I like what Elisha Morgan and Carol um, kind Kindle said in their book, What Every Child Needs. It speaks of nine basic needs a child has to have and, and, and to know and to be able to meet the language of love in their lives. And this is what she, this is what these two ladies said. The first one is this, security. You know, a, it's a hold me close type of love. The second one is affirmation. And, and some of you ladies, you know, especially with your boys, you, you want to hold them tight, don't you? Almost to the point where there's no breath coming out of them, right? Tell me about that, because I know that we've, both of my boys, I have felt like that. You know, it's just wringing their necks, you know, but I still love them. <laughs> Number two is affirmation. This is a crazy about me type of love. Number three is belonging. It's a fit me into the family love. Number four is discipline. It's, you know, give me limits type of love. Number five is guidance. Show me and tell me love. Number six is respect. It's it's let me be type of love. Number seven is a, a play type of love. It's, you know, I need for you to play with me. You know, do things with me. Um, and, in, and eight is an independence. It's let me grow up type of love. And that's a hard one. 
especially when they start driving. That's a scary one. Number nine is a, is a hope type of love. It's give me hope. Give me a hope type of love. You know, let me be the first to say today that only God's love supersedes the love of a mother and a father. Only God's love supersedes that. You know, the greatest priority in the home, I believe, should be to love. That is the greatest priority. You know, success in the home is never gauged by the incoming of money and stuff. It's gauged by how much you love. The, the, the greatest success story in the home is that we loved one another. You know, a lot of times you don't, you're not going to remember those things, but you're going to remember that a mom said this or a dad said that, or they, they loved you, they hugged you, they, they said the prayers with you at night before you went to bed. Wives, mothers, love your husbands and your children. And the third one is this. The third ministry is the ministry of building. Notice what it says there in, in verse 5 again. I'm going to go back to Titus chapter 2, verse 5. It says, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be busy at home, to be kind, and to be subject to their husbands so that no one will malign the word of God. That concept there, to be busy at home, is the word homemakers. You know, there's a difference between a house builder and a homemaker, isn't there? One builds the physical structure of a house. The other builds the lives who live in that structure. Philip Ware of of Heartlight's two-minute meditation says this. It says, being a mom is a soul craft. Moms are partners with God in crafting a child into an adult that is trained and ready to serve him. You know, and, and, and think again about Timothy and the testimony of a godly mother and a godly grandmother teaching, admonishing to, to build in Timothy this, this solid foundation of faith. Because when Paul met Timothy, that's what he said to him. He said, you know, the, 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 um, it, the stuff that, that, that had been built in him from his mother and from his grandmother, Paul saw in him, is what he says, I now see in you that testimony. So I think we need to remember that, you know, he had that solid foundation of faith that was built into him. And it reminds me of a story of this little guy named Brenton. And I'm pretty sure I have shared this story with you, but you know what? Again, this, this story is worth sharing again. It's a little guy, his name, you know, he, it's from the book called um, Seven Habits of Highly Effective Families by Stephen Covey. I don't know if you've ever heard of Stephen Covey, but he's got some really great books out there, and this is one of them. He says this, he says, I, I, I come home from work one day, and my three-and-a-half-year-old son, Brenton, met me at the door. He was beaming. He came and said, Dad, I'm a hard-working man. That's what he told her, his, his dad. I found out that while my wife was downstairs, Brenton had emptied a one-and-a-half-gallon jug of water from the refrigerator, and most of it was on the floor. My wife's initial reaction 
had been to yell at him and to spank him, but instead she stopped herself and said patiently, Brenton, what were you trying to do? I was trying to be a helping man, Mom, he, he, he replied proudly. Well, what do you mean, she asked. I washed the dishes for you. So he had washed the dishes for her. Sure enough, there was on the kitchen table all these dishes that he had washed with the water from the jug. <laughs> he had washed them from the jug. <laughs> well, honey, why did you use the water from the refrigerator? I couldn't reach the water in the sink, he said to her. <laughs> oh, then she looked around. Well, what do you think you could do next time that would make it less of a mess? He thought about it for a minute. Then his face lit up. I could do it in the bathroom, <laughs> he exclaimed. The dishes might break in the bathroom, she replied. But how about this? What if you came and you got me the next time and I helped you move a chair into the front of the sink, the kitchen sink, so that you could do your work there? And he looked at his mom and he says, that's a good idea, mom. So what shall we do with this mess, she asked. Well, he said thoughtfully, we could use a lot of paper towels. (laughs) So she gave him some paper towels And then she went and got the mop. As she was telling me what had happened, I realized how important it was that my wife had been able to catch herself between stimulus and response. Ladies, gentlemen, how many times have you caught yourself between the stimulus and the response? She made a provocative choice. And she was able to do it because she thought about the end in mind. The important thing here is not having a clean floor. It was raising this young man, this little boy, into being a young man. It took about 10 minutes to clean up the mess. If she had been negative and had a negative reaction, it would have, it would have also, you know, taken about 10 minutes but the difference would have been tr- catastrophic in, in, in Brenton's mind. And he would not have met his dad at the door saying, Dad, I'm a hardworking man. He would have met his dad at the door saying, Dad, I'm, I'm a bad boy. There's a difference there. And I think the mother chose the right thing to do. You know, ministry moms... Don't let the world conform you to think your role as a mother is not worth it. Don't let the success stories of women in the world deflate your divine calling, your status. Your status is with the Lord. You know, a mother was asked in a a county clerk's office what her job was, and she replied, I'm a mother. Well, mother was not an acceptable job description. They wouldn't accept that. And so then she wrote this. She wrote, I'm a, I'm a research associate in the field of child development and human relations. I have been, I am, I have a continuing program of research. What mother doesn't, right? In the laboratory and in the field. Normally, you know, I would say indoor or outdoor. I, I'm working for my masters for the whole family and already have four credits. 
I have four daughters. Of course, the job is one of the most demanding in the humanities, and any mother would, would agree with that. And often I work 14 hours a day, more like 24 hours a day. But the job is more challenging than most run-of-the-mill careers. And the rewards are in, in, in satisfaction rather than just money. That's what she wrote as her job description. Moms, you are homemakers, you are soul crafters, you are the builder of lives. That's what you are. Grandmas, you are too. It is a divine calling from God. And Proverbs 22, 6 says, Train up a child in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not soon depart from it. So as we close today, so much of the training and the building process, I believe, is, is caught rather than taught. The purity, compassion, conviction, and love in your life for the things of God will be captured and lived in the lives of your children. And so there's three things that I'm thankful for this morning. I am thankful for my mother who was a hardworking woman and tried her best to her, the best of her ability to instill the good things in us. This coming Wednesday will be one year that my mom was gone. My mom passed away on my sister's birthday, May the 11th. 2021. And there's not really a a week that goes by that I don't think about my mom. But I am also thankful for my mother-in-law who trained and modeled the love of the Lord and gave me the woman that I love and I married. I am thankful to her for that. And I am thankful for my wife who did an excellent job at raising our four children. Did they all four turn out the way we wanted them to? No. And that's hard. But she did a good job in raising them. They were loved, they were cared for, and taught from the Word of God by her. And she is a blessing to my children, and she's a blessing to me, and she was a blessing to my ministry. Men, show love and honor to your mothers and to your wives today. And the other 364 days out of this year and next year, Children, do something special for your moms today. Don't yell, Mom, I need this, or Mom, I need that. Don't do that. You know, um, and I think this is a good day. I know, I know, um, Chet and Dylan, they always take Stephanie out every, every Sunday, so this isn't anything new to you, but today don't make her cook. Take her out for dinner, if you can. Take her out for dinner. And, and the last thing that I wanted to do this morning is, is, I, and I went around and told some of the ladies that I, I personally would like to give every single mother, grandmother, whatever, hugs and kisses. So here's some hugs and kisses from me and Sarah for you this morning. And we also have flowers out there in the hallway. Chet, do you want to say anything about the flowers? <laughs> well, I mean, do you have any instructions for how many? <laughs> okay. Okay, good. Excellent. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, I want to close with this thought. Philip Ware states, he states this. He says, so challenging and tiring as a, a mother's work may be, it is a holy calling and a divine partnership. 
You know, and, and it's so true. What could be more important or more significant than that, than the work of the mother? So one last thing, happy Mother's Day, and I want to pray for our mothers right now. So would you join me as we pray? Father, we thank you and we praise you once again for our mothers. We thank you that, that um, you have blessed us with them. And I pray, Father, that your, your hand of blessing would continue to be upon them. Uh, we praise you and we, we thank you. And I, I just can't say it enough how thankful we are. And so, Father, we, we just give all the glory, praise, and honor to you. And it's in your son's name we pray. Amen.